Here we go. Welcome back to the Professional Stepdad Show. This is episode 173. I am your host, Franco Zavala. Thank you guys all very much for being here today. I know it feels like I've been on a little bit of a hiatus, and that's okay. Sometimes you got to take a couple steps back in order to leap and bound forward. So we've been working on the website, working on information to get out to everyone, and I'm just excited for what the future brings. While I've been doing that, I was asked to be a guest on the Purposed Infused Brotherhood podcast. Now, Clay and John have been doing this podcast for quite some time now. And when they asked me to be on their show, I wasn't exactly sure what it, what we'd be talking about other than, you know, what it takes to be a man, what it takes to be a leader, what it takes to be a father. Then I realized that all of that was really blended in what we talk about here on The Professional Stepdad. So I'm so grateful and honored that Clay and John asked me to be on their show. You guys do me a favor. Go ahead and follow them right here. Purpose Infused Brotherhood. Um, take a look at their podcast. Listen to what they have to say. Take a look at what they're offering um, men as far as gaining personal strength and knowledge to just become the very best leader that they can be. I hope you guys enjoy the episode and um, I'll talk to you soon. Be well. What's going on, everybody? This is the episode of the Purpose Infused Brotherhood podcast. Super excited to have Franco Zavala on here. And we're talking about being that badass stepdad. Uh, I'm a stepdad. John was a stepdad. Franco is a stepdad. There's a ton of stepdads out there. Plus, also, we got that blended family type deal going on. So we're going to dive into that because it is literally like its own beast uh, out there. So we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to dive into some of those. And at the end, uh, Franco is going to give you the top three tools for being that badass stepdad. So, John, let's get started. And uh, what's up, brother? Welcome back. You were in Puerto Rico. So uh, <laughs> what's going on, man? What's going on? Man, I was. I'll tell you what. What an amazing place. Anybody, I will highly recommend Puerto Rico to anybody. Spent a week there last week. I tell you, the, the sunrise in Ohio definitely does not compare to that sunrise. <laughs> <on top. laughs> By no means at all. So, yeah, we got Franco here. Super stoked about that. Uh, Franco is an actor, host of Professional Stepdad Podcast, YouTube show, 60-second storyteller, and stepfather of five, who loves sharing wisdom, insight, and anecdotes about fatherhood. Driven by his passion to affect real change, Franco's on a mission to challenge the current narrative around the meaning and purpose of being a stepdad in today's world. And like you said, we were both stepdads, so mm -hmm. this definitely hits right home with us. All right. Look forward to uh, all the greatness we're going to have coming here. So, uh, Franco, we always yeah. start out with wins for the week. And so give us one you got this week, buddy. Oh, perfect. So win for the week. Um, connection with my youngest daughter. My youngest daughter having three older siblings. It's kind of, it's been kind of hard for me to really speak her language, talk, connect with her to a way where she not only trusts me, but kind of just lets me in, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and we just had one of those moments on the drive home after dance where we're just listening to a song she just happened to like. We both started singing out loud together. And and it was cool because the very next day, I could hear her telling mom about it. You're not going <laughs> to believe what we did in the car ride home. And just that, that is my big win for this week because you you can it, it's real easy to overlook the small things mm -hmm. the small wins and that's definitely the even though it's small it's freaking huge it's huge awesome. yeah man awesome. Awesome. yeah awesome for sure love it because that, i mean that's so true man you got to have those different wins and again how old how old is she no she's so she's 15 so she's she's okay. my youngest daughter but she's 15 and she's like i said well 
there's no other way to say that. She's a, 15. She's 15. She's a teenage girl. Listen, That's I have said enough right there. I have, That's all you need to say. Our middle yeah. daughter. Yeah. Our middle daughter's 15. And uh, so our oldest is 18. We just, we now have a freaking teenage, uh, teenage daughter. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Callie is 15 and then our son is 10. So uh, I'm going to be turning 11 here in April, but yeah, dude, 15 year old daughter, man. And, and then I, I teach uh seventh grade math. So we're dealing with hormones all over the place and oh, boys yeah. and girls, I'm like oh man woo wee so oh, yeah. you just kind of got to shake you know sometimes shake your head but take those moments um that are just just cool you know what I mean like they're small uh and I think lots of times as men especially stepdads and and dads in, in general we try to always look for that big gigantic win but mm. taking those small ones are very important just kind of dive into why is it so important real quick why is it so important about the little wins and not oh. just the big wins that's a great question. So the reason it's so important to have the little wins as opposed to the big wins is because a big win, yes, it's great. It's almost like, um, you know, when you hit that game winning shot, but what nobody ever talks about is the hours and hours and hours of work you put in, in the gym in order to pre- prepare yourself for that moment to be able to hit the big shot. And I'm always going to kind of tie things back to basketball because it's what I do. It's what I love. My son plays yeah. it as well. And, and these, these little tiny wins, especially for stepdads, they could be, they're, they're the most precious and the most important thing if you have the patience to wait for it, yeah. to, be, to, to allow it to happen, to allow it to unfold, you know? And that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest misconceptions and, and the disconnects with stepdads is there, we're, we're, everybody's such in a rush to win mm-hmm. that we forget that it takes, I mean, it takes tearing everything down yeah. to build back up, you know? Yep. So, yeah. And that, that's huge because the, the biggest, I think one of the biggest things is people, I go back to people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Mm. But this is a little bit different because they're living with you. You know what I mean? And they're yeah. like, they're it's it's more than just people. It's more than that. There's a trust yeah. level that goes way deeper and way higher than anything else. And and I think that's one of the biggest things. You know, I've been in a situation where I've been a stepdad and it didn't work out. You mm-hmm. know, but I've been a stepdad now. Like our oldest daughter is my wife. I mean, she's she, just like you. Like she's my daughter. You yeah, know what of I mean? course. And yeah. and. It, we treat our family as our family too. And it's so, it's so cool that that occurs. I know John, that has been the same thing with you, with your daughter um, and so forth as well. But I, it's, there's that different level, you know what I mean? And having the patience for it, the patience for yeah. it is so huge. So before right. we keep going, cause this is awesome. We can keep going with it. We're going to keep going with this. We're going to do, we always do. And we started this a little bit ago, bit ago. So you fall into this category. <laughs> John's <laughs> laughing already. You got, we do the two minutes. Of birth till now. So we got two minutes just to roll out the life story of Franco and from birth oh. till now in two minutes. Let's see if we can do it. Are you ready? Right, is there going to be a timer? Are you going to have a clock? <laughs> nah, it's no timer. We just see if people can do it. The, the, our last guest got in like 30 seconds. I was like, oh shit. Okay. That's good. I wasn't that's expecting bad. that. That was that's good. So, but two minutes, Franco, go from birth till now. Who's Franco? All right. Here we go. So um, I'm an army brat. I was born in Hinesville, Georgia. I lived in Europe. I lived in California, and I settled in Bisbee, Arizona, which is a really small town in the middle of, of uh, Arizona next to the border. My graduating class was 42 people, and after getting busted with 215 pounds of marijuana by the police, I was told that I was either going to go to the Army or go to jail, so I decided to go for the Army. <laughs> Spent eight years in the Army, decided to get out after my after doing the tour overseas, Ended up in Miami, Florida, started a company, lost every single dime, became a mortgage broker, worked for a country who had home loans. 
which then they went under, became a public speaker, worked for a guy named Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor mm-hmm. and I worked together for two years on stage, traveling back and forth. And then one day he told me that I wasn't following my dreams, that I should be an actor. So he fired me. The very next day I got in my car, I traveled back across the United States, filming a documentary for my uncle who had diabetes, raising money for him. Got back to Arizona at the age of 31, became an actor. At the age of 36, became the highest paid commercial actor in Arizona. And in between that, I re-met, fell in love with my wife, who I've known my whole life. She has five kids, four girls, one boy. Her husband died of a heart attack. I stepped in. Dance runs our world. We are completely in love. We've been best friends since we were forever. Made a movie about it. It's called Lift Me Up. You can find it everywhere on platforms. And uh, which brings me to here, the professional stepdad show, which I host so I can help change the narrative around what it means to be a stepdad in today's world. Boom. Oh, love it. That was great. Dude, Nailed was, it. Nice was, job, brother. That, listen, that was fucking <laughs> smooth. That was really, really smooth. That was Appreciate awesome. That. I don't, I, I'm right. speechless right now. That was just so smooth. <laughs> I'm like, dang. And then there was all these different things. I'm like, Bob Proctor. And then, you know, yeah. which, which is cool because uh, he, he, not only that, but like your wife and, and my wife work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do do uh, fitness and nutrition for uh, Lindsay and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool that we kind of linked up with that. And uh, I kind of got to know your wife a little bit through my wife as they were out in Arizona and at the, yeah. at the event and stuff like that. So it's just super cool how small the world really is at points right. in time. Um, so it's really, really neat. Um, awesome, man. Like, I don't even know where, John, you got a place to go like from there. I know you got a question, <laughs> Bernard. I'm still like, dang, ding, 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 ding. And so my brain's a little squirreling right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that was definitely a great one. Uh, so Bob Proctor. Yes. Uh, yeah, we got, we cannot just let that just slide by. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely for sure. I've, I've read a shit ton of his books and, mm-hmm. and, and paid a lot of attention to his stuff. Uh, so that's awesome. You were you were on stage with him doing doing stuff with him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was uh, uh, when I was working for Countrywide Home Loans. I I realized that we were stealing money because that's really what it was. And in, in that part of time in this world during 2016, 17, before 18 crash, you know, if you worked in that industry, you're pretty much stealing money from people that that didn't need a new home or needed refinance. So I ended up seeing one of his seminars, and I just kind of. First of all, to be perfectly honest with you, I thought the personal growth and development industry was shit and I hated it. I thought it was just a bunch of like, you know, smoke and mirrors. And after a few times of watching The Secret, I'm like, and I, he just connected with me. Yeah. I just found out that he, I, I, and I happened to live in Florida. His business partner lived in Florida. I just kind of did the whole get in the way thing, found out where his seminars were. I, I, uh, I, I volunteered to do free work. I stood on the side of the road with a sign for God's sakes with, <laughs> when him and Les Brown were, um, were doing a seminar yeah. and, um, and I was just brought into the fold and I just started to learn from him, started to teach from him. And then I was, I would travel to Toronto. I would stay at his house, Bob Proctor Lane. And, um, and I, I was with him for a while until, and making great money and loving what I do until one day we were sitting in his office and he's looking at me and we're laughing and we're talking. And he says, uh, do I know nothing? Is there something I don't know about you? I go, Oh, I know the monologue to Goodwill hunting. Cause I just happen to be just know it. And, uh, I just spit it out for him. It was the part where he talks about the NSA and he looks at me, he goes, let me ask you something, Franco. Um, if you leave my office right now and when the door hits you in the butt, when you leave, you could be anything you wanted to be in the world. What would you be? And I'm like, oh, that's easy. I'd be an actor. Like, just not thinking, you know, not thinking that. He goes, okay. He walks over to his desk, picks up the phone, calls Cheryl, who was his um, secretary slash 
I forgot, executive assistant, and he fired me on the spot. <laughs> and he bought me a plane ticket back to Florida. And he says, I can't have you work for me, Franco, if you're not chasing your dreams. Yeah. Hmm. So I did it, man. I didn't think I didn't, I, I was pissed, but I didn't question it. I moved back home. And, uh, and that's when I moved back to Arizona that brought me back to where I'm at now. Yeah. And look at it. Coming, awesome. coming back there, all, all, that decision then led to one, something else and led to something else and led to something else that led to us talking here today. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah. and I'll tell you, you mentioned Les Brown, I, yeah. you know, when, uh, we had the create conference down there in uh, Atlanta there in January, I mm-hmm. worked with Ken Joslin and he threw that conference and, and Les Brown came in and spoke there on Thursday night. And I was able to, to catch a picture with him, dude. That was cool. amazing. That was, yeah, he's, he's the one that ever started me on to personal development. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, five years before that I had tattooed on my arm. It's not over until I win, you know? What oh, I mean? cool. Well, yeah. That's yeah. Just, and so, so a good that was, story. That def- yeah. That was definitely amazing <laughs> to be able to, to do that and to have that moment. That was, that was phenomenal. So that's absolutely amazing. brother. Absolutely. Bob Proctor is, is, a, is a legend, absolute legend. And, and you know that's an honor that not many people get that he. I know, man. I, that I time with him when he passed away. Um, I I was sitting with my wife and when um, because I knew he was sick. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of go back to all the little things that he did for me, mm-hmm. including firing me. But even then, even even when that happened, the great thing about Bob was, even when that happened, and even though I didn't work for Life Success Consultants anymore, um, I would still get an email, or I'd still get a text message, or I'd still get a phone call. And he would just always be checking up on me, which was just incredible. He was just, he was, and will always be that person in my life that I could look at and say, thank you for pushing me to the point where I was so uncomfortable mm-hmm. that I got, that I got comfortable. Yeah. You know, right on. Oof. awesome. That's, That's great. Awesome. That's great. Well, let's get uncomfortable now into the <laughs> stepdad scene. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so let what was your journey into becoming a stepdad? You know, I could say like you, you came back to Arizona, you met Jenea, like then. So there's a little bit, there's a little bit that connects to that. It's, uh, it is, I, I connected with her after 13 years of not talking to her. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, when we graduated high school, I left, I went to the army. I went, you know, I lived my life. So when I reconnected with her back in Arizona, she was, her husband was still alive. They had just had their son. And I, it was very much that far. Like that was like, Hey, nice to see you again type stuff. And then I saw her mom post, uh, saddest day in our life. Now, remember, like I said, Janae and I have been friends since we were six. We lived nine houses down from each other almost our mm-hmm. whole life. That's crazy. So we were like a group of friends that were, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like we did everything together. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when her, when her husband died, of course, I mean, the first thing I thought was not anything other than what can I do? Yeah, like how, yeah. how can I help? I so I went to the funeral. Um, I saw her for the first time. I was, I was in a play at the time. I had just started a play. So I had this long beard and, um, and I'm like, listen, I'm going to Scottsdale community college. I'm, uh, I'm taking classes for acting using my GI bill. So I've got plenty of time. Like, what do we, what kind of help can I give you? And for a while there, all I did was just show up and babysit and just, yeah, you know, and that's really when I kind of got to know the kids. And that's when I, I first had my first confrontation with my oldest daughter, which was interesting because she looked, she looked right at me without blinking. And she goes, when are you leaving? <laughs> I'm like, damn. Um, so that whole scenario wasn't supposed to happen that way. And when yeah. she took, when we went out to dinner the night, uh, the night, well, the night, I call it the night we went out to dinner and dinner turned into moving. And then dancing is something we love to do. 
Uh, my wife and I have been dancers our whole life. We're amateur ballroom champions. Mm. Our girls are dancers. Um, awesome. So we went out dancing one night, and then I we kissed, and it just, and that's it. That's all she wrote. That's all it was. That's it. That's great. That's awesome. And then, so you had you kind of had you've been around her mm-hmm. kids for a little bit because a lot of times, like for me, like I, which is crazy now I'm talking because I don't know if we Amanda and I had this conversation, but. Like I met her 15 years after we went to high school together mm. and we met 15 years afterwards. Right. I had two kids. She had one, you know, it's kind of blend, you know, and, and just blending those two families together. Yeah. Um, and so forth. So it's pretty cool that you don't talk for that. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh yeah. Like this is, yeah. pretty, this is a little weird, but pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we call it the re-meet, not the meet, the re-meet. Oh uh, yeah. 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 That was ours. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so coming to, so as you got to know them, Mm-hmm. A little bit being there. And then how was that transition to come into to obviously boyfriend first and then fiance and then all of that, that transition there? Like, how did that come into play? And for you, that journey of becoming that father figure in their life? It's a great question. So uh, the the transition was not easy. There's a lot of there's a lot of blended families, a lot of stepdads, a lot of men who are in blended families who are getting ready to get into blended families or currently in blended families, who um, have to deal with a negative bio parent, um, a, the bio parent that's going to constantly try to undermine you at every turn, will try to make you look like a bad parent. My situation, I didn't have that because dad dad passed away, and mind you, I didn't really understand the in and outs of being a stepdad, so I didn't kind of grasp the full meaning of that yet. But what I did have is I had um, Janae's mom who was molested by stepdads as a kid. I had family members of her her husband who just passed away, their side, brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles, and nobody wanted me around because this he was a successful dentist and here I am tattooed in a Mexican driving a shitty car and I'm acting. They're like, what is this? Um, so my, my, my climb was very slow because I had to deal with the others quite often. Yeah. And, and dealing with their perceptions and how they see me, how they, they view me, what I did for a living, uh, why I was there. A lot of questions like, why are you even here? Like, who does this? Like what kind of single man goes from no kids to five kids without blinking? Mm-hmm. And my answer was real simple. I fell in love with my wife. Yep. The, the kids are just a benefit. The kids are great. And I love my children, but the kids are added benefit to what I have with my wife. And when I had to deal with the family members or I had to deal with the kids not wanting me there or, you know, like for God's sakes, I wrote an entire script film movie, funded it and put it on Netflix for two years because my one, my second oldest daughter one night says to me, you can't talk to me like that. You're not my real dad. Mm. And from that conversation, I wrote in, and we, we, I mean, fast forward. So, you know, there's a lot of ins and outs that, that came with trying to navigate my way through the first few years because I knew that I didn't want to overstep my bounds. I wanted to make sure that I respected dad, even though he wasn't there. I always mm-hmm. made it a point to bring him up, to talk about him, to, to, to put him into conversation. But more important, I never once stayed one night in this house or the house we had, um, nor did I sleep over ever, knowing that I had four girls. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to set that example of mom has some boy sleeping over, right? So mm-hmm. I never did. I was always here and then I left. Um, and I told my kids that I would never sleep over until mom and I were married. Yeah. And it took a time. It, it took the two oldest kids still call me Franco. My three youngest call me dad. And uh, 
and mind you, that doesn't bother me one yeah. one bit. But it it took time to break the to break that wall of my oldest daughter Brinley, who's now married, who's now sees kind of how it is. But I mean, it was because she was the closest to dad, so she was mm -hmm. the, she had her eyes on me at every move. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. definitely. Like I say, how old, I, were the, how old were the kids when you uh, when you came around, Franco? So my son was had just turned six months, seven months. Okay. I was at his first year birthday. My oldest daughter was ten, turning eleven. Gotcha. Right, right around there. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. I mean, me and my wife, we got married. Uh, my daughter was then five when we got married. Mm -hmm. uh, she's now thirty three. Um, you know, so it uh, or will be thirty three and. You know, and that was one thing that luckily, I mean, her, her dad and my wife were, were, they weren't married. They were in high school together and they, you know, had again, they were separated before we ever got around. And that was mm -hmm. one thing with me. It was like always an imperative to me to have a good relationship with him as much as I could. You right. know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I tried not to have that confrontational view. I mean, heck me and him coached her, her baseball team together. You know what I mean? We would. You know, we actually, at one point in time, we used to hang out and play cards and do whatever with her, you know, and, and mm -hmm. with him and his, his new wife and whatever, you know, I mean, there was not that, that pressure of, oh, whatever. I mean, it was right at the first when we first got married, but then once he realized, like, you know, I raised her as my own, like I took yeah. her on, yeah. I took on in my family, you know, I, when I got married, my wife, she was part of my family and I mm -hmm. always raised her as my own, but mm -hmm. never tried to take his place either. Yeah. You know right. I mean? Yeah, of course. And, and, and I think he realized that and always respected me for that. And that was one of them things that always made it easier and, and better for sure. I tell that to a lot of men. I tell that to a lot of stepdads or even bio moms who, who talk to me or call me or try to get in touch with me, which is I'm a parent. My yeah, job is yeah. to parent young adults to become productive adults so they can freaking thrive in this world. Yeah. And when I talk about like parenting, it has nothing to do with discipline yet. Everybody defaults to discipline. So when you, when you say you have the good relationship with, with dad and that, you know, you showed him like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not only I'm here, but I'm, I'm real. Like I'm genuine. Um, that is parenting. That is, yeah. that is, that's what it calls communication and parenting. It's so simple to dilute it with, um, inherited, you know, in ignorant inherited beliefs that the stepdad is some alcoholic or some molester or is going to beat the shit out of the kid. Like all, all that is from movies and books and the way we yeah. were raised. And it's just, that's why I'm so, so obsessed with changing that narrative. Yeah. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause right. there's a lot of dumb BS that comes around with it, you know, like so much. all it is, it is crazy. Like, and it, you're right. It comes from TVs and movies and shit like that, that you're just yeah. like, and I, I always said this too, is like, one of the one of the things it, it, when we just talk about men in general, mm -hmm. you know who plays who always plays the fool in in the comedies or all these. It's the man. It's <laughs> yeah. never you know. It's never the like oh that dumb guy. He can't even take care of his kids and like you mm -hmm. know you can't leave him home with kids. What's he ain't gonna know what to do? And I'm like what? I'm like who the hell is that? I mean there are probably guys out there like that, but I of sure tell ain't one of those. But it, it, we we build these different stories that we have based upon you know, movies, TV and sitcoms and all those different things. I, I mm -hmm. always thought that was, I was like, man, that always annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah. That's a narrative. That's, that's, it's a narrative that paints a picture for men like us who mm -hmm. are genuine that are, we're yep. there for a reason who are stepping up for a reason. And when you're constantly fighting that narrative, it's no different than fighting any other ignorant yep. 
in narrative around the world, right? So it's just, like I said, it's it's two steps forward, one step back, three steps left, just constantly trying to yeah. dodge. And, and, that, and I tell that to stepdads all the time, which is, you know, when you got that negative energy coming at you or you have that negative bio parent coming at you, your best, your best move is just to fucking move. Yeah. Like, don't move. let it hit you. Just keep yeah. going, you know? And if it does, just shoulder and just keep yeah, going. Just, you just got to keep going. The, bu- the bully <laughs> in the going. yard can only be the bully in the yard if you give yeah. that energy to the bully. Yep. The 100%. moment he has no energy, he's done. Yep. 100%. Yeah. So. And for, for my situation as now I have, we we deal with three other parents. So like I, I married uh, my first wife. I have my, our middle daughters with my first wife. Um, Haley, our oldest daughters is my wife's uh, daughter. And then mm-hmm. our son is from my second marriage. So we go between three different parents. Um, yeah. And the thing is, is like, I have a good relationship with Haley's dad, you know what I mean? And, and that's where I want One of the things that comes into play is like, I never wanted to be, I never wanted to replace her dad. Like that's, yeah. it wasn't, not, it was never my role. Um, that is not my role. Like, you know, I'm a father figure. Uh, I'm a man figure. I am in all those things. I am a husband figure uh, mm-hmm. for her and things like that. But I think one of the things is, and I want you to talk on this is too, it's just trying to come into either be that dad or be that, that dad person instead of just being you like give us some thoughts about that circulating around like hey not just being a dad just being the that father figure or that husband figure or that male figure in their life instead of just taking over the dad right so so you're i mean you're 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 painting that perfect picture of a step blended family right which is that dad that's stepping in who believes that we first we don't need no help so we're not going to ask questions we got this we're going to solve it we're going to solve your problems. We're going to do what we're going to, we're not going to communicate a lot because our objective is to try to make sure that everything is, is we're balancing all this on one, one thing. And no matter how much we balance or have those balls in the air, they always fall. They always fall because we're doing too much on one end and we're not paying attention on the other end. So mm-hmm. I'm always telling um, new dads that you have to worry about the three, the three methods that I talk about. It's called the me, us, them. And it's very simple. It's, you can't become the very best man, leader, and father that you want to be until you work on your shit. Mm-hmm. You can't you, you can't bring the old you into this new scenario. You can't parent like your dad parented you or whomever did parent you. Everything has to be different, has to change. Being a parent and being a biological parent, uh, biological um, father or mother, it, I, I like to say that they're different or they're the same, but they're different because yep. as a stepdad, my job is to make sure that I'm parenting the correct way in the way that I see it of, okay, I got to learn to communicate. I got to listen. I got to, and I tell this, you got to shut up sometimes, just shut up and listen. Um, I got to, I got to communicate. I got to listen. And more important, I have to pick and choose the battles that I want to fight because Mm -hmm. for, for the most part, when it comes to outside battles that are brought into my home because of other family members, if I choose to get involved in that, then I choose to add fuel to the fire as opposed to, just listening. I mean, like I'm like my daughter last night, she's she's complaining about dance and I wanted to solve the problem. I wanted to be like, well, uh-huh, why don't you try uh-huh. this? <laughs> and, uh, and instead I just kept, I just kept agreeing with her and being like, yeah, I know how you feel like, Oh, I've been there before. And she, you could just see like, she understood that. So, you know, when it comes to stepdads that are, that are put into a position, into a family where they have to learn to balance themselves, to balance the relationship and to balance the kids. If you have to do it in order, you always have to do you 
family, your, your, your relationship, and then the kids, the kids will come the kids it'll mm-hmm. over time. Kids take time. You can't break that barrier down, but what you can do is strengthen the shit out of your marriage. Yeah. You can build a team that is unstoppable. You can set standards and you can show the kids exactly what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. Because again, your job, like you said it before, my job was never to replace Chris and Chris is her, her husband. My job was never to replace him, but my job was to take the position that he held and solidify it in a way where I can put his values and standards in there mixed with mine and raise my kids to let them know that not only can they do and be anything, but don't ever be, don't ever look back at your life and be like, I can't believe this happened. It had to happen. Things had to go like this. And we always talk about stuff like that. So I love it because I mean, it really has to be like that. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. living it, we always say, yeah, you got to put you first. You know what I mean? And and when you start always. to, you put you first and you overflow that cup because, you know, lots of times as men, we we give, 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 and then our cup deplete, deplete. Well, it doesn't matter if you try to fill back up the next day. You always, if you deplete, if you give from your cup, you always are depleted from right. your cup. You only have what you have to give. And mm-hmm. if I come home, like you go to work or whatever it may be, and you come home at 20%, you only have 20% to give. But right. when you look and you focus on you and you overflow that cup, how much can your wife drink of your overflow? How much can your kids drink of your overflow? Correct. And, and that's really what it is. And, and you know, I can say, you know, going back to to my dynamic, you know, there there is negative tension there between outside, you know, and, and things like that. I think, you know, lots of times when I when I see it, and let me let me know what you think, because you dealt with a lot sure. of we have a lot too, is. I think lots of times, and this is no offense to ladies, no offense to you ladies who are listening to this, but I think lots of times there's a lot more attention, tension, uh, like tension with ladies when it comes to that than it is like with the dads. Have you what seen you that more often? Like, uh, like John, you and your dad got along. Me and me and Haley's dad get along. Like, but then there's tension, like like for me and, I mean, I have, they're two ex wives, but there there's tension right. there. Right. oh i see what you're saying i see what yeah, you're like, saying. so like and that was like yeah the moms yeah, the like moms, my yeah. and when i was a kid i had a stepsister mm-hmm. and and yeah when her mom would come i mean i remember the police showing up and because she would she was always crazy and yeah. i mean <laughs> and i don't want to be like i'm not trying to be stereotypical here i'm just right from my yeah she was she was the, crazy i'll just say she's crazy from our, from <laughs> our brother crazy. from our from the brotherhood <laughs> members and stuff like that that we have like you've dealt with a lot of of, of the, the type of situation like i say i'm not trying to put any stereotype or anything else, <laughs> i'm just saying like for me like i don't i don't there's there's a lot of things i think you know lots of times when when we have that I think the overall picture, there's lots of times guys who I can communicate with those guys a lot differently than I can with, with especially like my two kids, moms, like it's very hard for me to communicate with them because I'm trying to talk their language and it ain't, it ain't happening. Like it just, yeah. and so there's where I think maybe there's a lot of tension. It might just be because, Hey, we, we had, we were married before. Now there's that tension. There's that, there's that hurt. There's that pain. There's those different things that come into there. Yeah. Um, and it might be different. I just kind of want to pick your brain on that to see if that's, you know, what you see with that normally, what, what kind of situations can be like that. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of guys are in that situation. So I'll tell you exactly what I think you should do if you're in that situation. And this is what I would tell anybody. Take care of your fucking home first. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just take care of your home. Yep. Take care of your four walls and your door. Don't lo- allow any negative tension, any negative stories, any negative talk come into your home. You can control all the energy that flows to and from your home. And the moment that you try to try to try to control the the 
the energy and the balance in your home and then try to bottle it up and take it to your other person's home and, and try to release it there. It's just never going to happen. No matter how hard you try to fix the outside, no matter how hard you try, no matter what classes and seminars and workshops and people you talk to, the moment that you allow any of that negative tension in your home, you lose. Mm -hmm. So the best way to handle any situation like that, especially when you're dealing with, you know, a mom and a, a mom or a stepmom and a mom who just don't get along because of that, you know, that mama bear type, you know, what, whatever, uh, as men, our job is to just, you're not going to solve it. Don't even try. Yeah. Don't try <laughs> no. to solve it. Don't even, don't yeah, even, yeah, don't no. even try to give advice to it because yeah. it's, you, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. Your job, just, just listen, nod your head and understand that, honey, this is our home. This is how we raise the kids. These are our standards. These are our values. This is what we put in place. When they leave here, we can't control it. And if we try yeah. to control it, we're going to drive ourselves crazy. So our job is to make sure that when they come back into our home, that we have open, we have opened up the lines of communication that we understand properly how to communicate with our kids because mm -hmm. each kid's love language is different and that they are comfortable enough to share what happened. Yeah. Then our job is to not bad mouth outside. Yeah. Be the bigger person. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's one of the biggest things. I mean, I know I have learned this is very, very, you know, difficult in different situations and stuff like that too, um, is being able to do that. And I think that's one of the things, like you said, being setting the standard at your house and mm -hmm. taking control of, of controlling that. I think that's one of the biggest things my wife and I have learned throughout this time period is that we can control us. We can't control anybody else, Correct. things like that, but we can control our house. And I think it's just cool. Like, you know, uh, my son, I was sitting in on the couch and tonight, right before this. And, and uh, she's like, Oh, he's like, Kale just text, uh, text me. I was like, what the hell? He didn't text me. I'm like, it's little kid. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, she's like, uh, he's like, Oh, he's the sweetest kid. He's like, because uh, he just texted her because she was feeling sick yesterday. Uh, I was like pretty sick. And and when he left and he just texted her, he'd be like, hey, I just want to see if you're feeling better. I'm Good like, job, oh, dad. Dude, I'm like, what a kid. I was like, what a kid. What a kid. No, you, you know? not, what yeah. a kid. You mean yeah. what a dad. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. All he did was yeah. mimic you. That's true. That is true. That is true. So you should pat yourself on the back for that I one, brother. I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah and, and I think that's one of the cool things. Like, you know, we can have those conversations with our kids. And I think that's one of the biggest things that you pointed out here. And I want to really point out, and I, I, I thank you for that. And anything else that you want to add to this is that having that open line of communication where they feel safe to tell you things. Um, and to have like deep conversations, not just like, hey, how's your day going? Good, great, awesome, cool. Go to your room. They don't do anything. But actually being able to sit there and be like, hey, you know, you're headed into college. Like, how do you actually feel about that? And mm -hmm. them actually being able to communicate that with you, you know, so any what else you have on that and just building that trusting relationship for our dads to be able to practice. So the, so reading reading the five love languages for kids is a huge step. It was a big step for me. And I talk about it all the time because I, I was parenting. So no matter how professional I am and no matter how good at what I do, because I'm really, really good at what I do. But no matter how good I am, I, I, I slip, I make mistakes. My, my past key catches up with me. I old habits kick in, you know, and, um, when I, when I read the love languages, I really didn't understand what I was reading at first because my wife suggested it to me. But then after I read it, I realized, holy shit, this is the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Like this is literally the Bible how to talk to people. Yeah. Um, and when I started to, to communicate with my kids using the five love languages in a way that they could understand it helped me get through bad times. It helped me get through 
moments were of tension and moments of like, you know, like you, like I said, I got four girls. So like the hormones in this mm-hmm. house fly out the window. Sometimes. <laughs> and, and what I tried to do is I tried to just put myself into a position where I was reminding myself to make sure that I didn't speak. I listened, but more important, I didn't try to solve their problem. And then Mm -hmm. when I was, and then after I was done listening and they asked me for my feedback, my feedback was always centered on their love language. So, you know, I know my daughter, Clara, who's my middle child. She is, she's the middle child, right? So she's the middle kid. She's going to cause the most havoc. She's also the most (laughs) independent. Um, you know, she's my, very you just outspoken. described my wife. You just described yeah. my wife. She's very outspoken. She's very hard-headed. You know, my wife likes to say she takes after me. But, I mean, I know that my daughter, Clara, you can talk to her as much as you want to, but acts of service are going to be the way you communicate with her. And so I will wait to do things. So my advice to any dad or any stepdad in a situation where they find that the communication is not there or, or, or the communication that they're, they're currently experiencing isn't working because you know maybe they burnt too many bridges maybe they screwed up too much maybe they put the cart before the horse maybe instead of working on themselves they try to go and all the kids become the disneyland dad and before you know it you're the yes man and now you don't have a relationship with your wife i mean there's so many ways you can do this wrong but if you're having a problem communicating the best advice i can give is just take a step back read the book find out what their love language is and then attempt to communicate with them through their love language in baby steps. Yeah. Don't try to go all out. You know, don't try to freaking throw, you know, throw a Hail Mary. When like I say this analogy a lot with baseball. Like instead of trying to always step up and hit a home run, just get on base. Yeah. Just get yeah, a hit. Just get a hit. Games. Right. Base hits, a hit. That's games. all we need. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're talking about language because I'm a baseball player. I'm like, you know how many times, and I always say this, you know, how many times, you know, this goes back to the wins that you were talking about. It's a little wins, a little wins, a little wins, a little wins. Right. Because I've I've literally played in thousands of games, coached thousands of games, seen thousands of games, and there is only one time out of those tens of thousands of games that I've seen that is a home run has won the game, and it was what my last year of coaching yeah. baseball. Other than that, I know I can tell I can't count on toes, fingers. I can't even imagine how many base hits have won games though. Yeah, but that wins even, life. I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't tell you this thousands. Of times I have seen that, but a home run once I can yeah. see that. And I don't and even you'll remember. Get, yeah. The home run is your big win, right? And you, every once in a while you'll get it. But let me tell you something. Base hits feel so much better. Yeah. They yeah. last longer. Yep. And there's a, yeah. there's a little things that you go back to and you're like, just like singing, singing that song. It was that little yeah, singing a that car, bass hit, yeah. and you're like, that was awesome. That yep. was awesome. I talked so I about ahead. it today. <laughs> well, you know, and I think, like you said earlier, one of the things I think that, uh, is a huge key is when if you're going to step into that role, own that role, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know what I mean? If not to the ones where I've seen where it's really been an issue is the ones that the dad is kind of like, well, that's my stepkid. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't do anything with that because that's my stepkid. That's my, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. dude, you married a, you married their mom. You know what I mean? You married their mom and now that you own that now too. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's part of the package. You know what I mean? Like, and so I think that is one of them things that, you know, if somebody, when you step into that role, you know, like you said, you don't try to absolutely replace them, but it's now your child. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, you, you raise them 
like you would raise. Well, I think, yeah, what, what's your thoughts on that too? Because I, I didn't even think about that, but I oh, do know guys easy. that I, that that are like that are like, hey, my kid. Okay, I got you know? a great, I got a great answer for that. If you're in a relationship where you're like, that ain't my kid, that's my stepkid, I don't really have to do much, or it's like, I'm not going to do anything. It's because at some point in the relationship with your wife or your partner, or whoever you want to call them. They drew a line in the sand and said, you're, you're 30, I'm 70, or you're 20, I'm 80, because they some they are still connecting parenting with punishment, and that is not the fucking same thing. And I'm sorry I cuss about this, but no, I'm, you're not, good. I'm passionate away. about it. So parenting and, and punishment are two fucking different things, period. And if you For are sure. parenting and punishing, it's it's punishment, like I said, letting go of old punishment. And like, like I said, if you, if we hit one of our kids nowadays, I mean, they're calling social services with us and they're filming on Instagram. I mean, we can't do that shit anymore, but the line of the sand was drawn for that gentleman. Yep. Right. And what, and instead of, because he is new and because he doesn't want to ruffle feathers and he's trying to get his leg in the, you know, or, or he's trying to kind of feel his way around, he's not going to cross mm-hmm. Bi- bio dad on the outside that says, Oh, he better not parent. He's not, that's not his kids. I don't want to ever see him punishing my parent or they'll say, I don't ever want to see him disciplining. They'll use that word disciplining my kids. That's also bullshit because mm-hmm. discipline and punishment are also too fucking different. Because <laughs> I don't ever, I've never yep. hit my kids once, but I discipline them all damn day. Yep. So for a stepdad that's coming into that scenario, there's two things that they have to remember. One, the reason that they find themselves in that situation is because when bio mom or a family member drew the line in the sand, you accepted it. Yep. And, and two, you stepped into that role with one foot out the door. Mm-hmm. And the reason you did that is because it's your safety net. Yep. You've never gone all in on this situation. So you're never going to find out what you're made of. Yep. If you really want to find out what you're made of as a man, leader, and father, bring your foot in from the fucking door and move forward. Mm-hmm. And that's why you did not when the when the line was drawn, you didn't step across it. No, you I didn't. Did, you just yeah. toasties it. You're just like, yeah. eh, I think so. I like you enough to yeah. tolerate this, but I don't accept everything. You know, yeah. and I think I think there's one of the other things too, is that that I think it's also communication between you and your wife at that point in time. Correct. You and the you and the mom or mom and the dad, whatever it may be. That's you have a communication problem because you're saying, "Hey, that's a relationship issue too." You know, with with whoever it is that you're with, because they're either saying, "Hey, I don't trust you enough to do this," or, "Hey, I don't want you in this part." So if, if somebody's in there and you're like, "Hey, I'm accepting all of you, but you're not accepting me to be in this situation," you might want to think about the relationship there. Yeah, but not really, sure. because here's the here's the problem with that though. If you think about the relationship in that end, then you're forgetting about everything that happened before you stepped in because you have to remember mom's hearts guarded kids hearts are guarded mm-hmm. especially when they go through a lot of trauma and a lot of situations where that you know dad left because he was an alcoholic or him and mom didn't get along they fought all the time and now mom doesn't want to trust every man that comes through the door because th- the last thing they want is for somebody to leave them again yeah right so there is a bit of empathy that you have to have right. as a stepdad and as a man when coming into a situation especially when they draw the line in the sand it's like uh, it's like when my son tells me that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna he's gonna post me up one on one. Yeah, I mean, cool. I'm not gonna say no to you. I'm not gonna say don't try it. But all right, cool. Because I know in the back of my head, there's no way he's gonna do that. So when my, you know, when my family members and my wife, when I first started, drew that line in the sand, like this is your this is your job. This is what we need you here for. I don't need you to do this. I got this. I was like, okay. 
And I'm gonna. I'm not gonna do another. <laughs> All I'm gonna do is just take a step back, and I'm gonna listen, and I'm gonna learn, and mm-hmm. then when it's my time, I'm taking over. Yeah. There yeah. we go. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I, I think. I mean, you just yeah. That, you described a lot of <laughs> what I kind of did you know, with it because you know I I was in a relationship in in my second marriage that it was I was a stepdad too. Um, and things were a lot different there, you know, and 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 mm-hmm. so forth. And there was that, but then there wasn't that, and then there was that again. And it was just this backwards kind for like, what's going on here? You know, there was trust, and there wasn't trust, and there was this that goes into that. And you're like, no, wait, what's going on here? And and mm-hmm. we just all all over wasn't a good situation, um, you know, and, and things like that. But it's everything's all cleared out and stuff now. But there's a lot of those different dynamics that what you just said is patience. You have to have the patience and just like going into the batter's box, you know, the guy's going to throw curves, you know, the guy's going to throw shit, but you know, you're going to get that fastball. And when you see the spin on the ball and no matter where it's at inside or outside, you, you know, swing. it's in the zone, you take it to right field right? and you get your base hit and that's it. So when the time is the time you take the swing and you take the hit, you, you, you get the hit. So, ah, love it, man. Yeah. What time, what time are we at? Dang, we're getting... Let's, I was gonna say let's let's get to the uh we could talk forever because there's so many things that can go on here. Uh, mm-hmm. my brain is literally going round and round and and it's really actually I really like this because a lot of things that you're saying it's kind of going back to and John I know this is probably for you too is it's going back to a lot of situations that we've been in you know we've handled to be able to help not only like ourselves but also any of the guys that come into our brotherhood that are part of our brotherhood. And and I thank you very much for giving us this information because we do have a lot of dads in that position um, that are stepdads um, that are, um, are in that blended family or other dad. And then there's a stepmom there, you know, so I, I super appreciate all the conversation. So let's get into the, the three tools. What three tools would you say um, that guys can use dads can use to be that badass stepdad? All right. So obviously tool number one is, Go read the five love languages. I mean, that's just pants down. Go read the five love languages for, you know, I'm going to, this is one tool, two parts. Read the five love languages regular and then read the five love languages for kids. Hands down, you have to do that. If you don't do that, then you're not going to know how to properly communicate with, you know, anybody. Uh, Step two or whatever two, bring your foot in the door. I mean, why are you pussyfooting around? Who do you, who do you think, who are you waiting for? Because this whole situation can be handled, and you're and you're the the success as a as a father and as a leader, and like I said, a husband and a friend, and all these different parts of your life can be experienced if you bring your foot in the door. And let me be honest: if your if your foot is out the door as a stepdad in a family, your foot is out the door in your weight, your foot is out the door in your work, your foot is out the door in your friendships. Yep. You are constantly that individual that will make excuses and then will believe the excuse that they make up. You need to get your head out of your fucking ass. Yes. Period. And number three, number three, shut up and listen. Just shut up and listen. Stop trying to solve everyone's problems. I know you're smart. I know you got a degree or maybe you don't. I know you got life experience or maybe you don't. I know that you've been in this situation before or maybe you don't, but let's call a spade a spade. If you find yourself in a position where you need help, then you don't know shit. So Mm -hmm. shut up and listen. Yep. Right. You got two ears. You got two ears and one mouth for a reason. Right. I do these things called a wake up call. And and basically it's just, you got, you want an hour with me? Cool. You can schedule an hour with me. I'm going to give you 30, maybe 25 minutes to talk. I'm not going to say much. I'm just going to listen to you talk. Most of it's going to be complaining. And then the next part of the conversation is me telling you how to get your head out of your ass. Because nice. the chances are 
Your head's just straight up your ass. You already yep. know the answer. You know which direction you want to go. But for some reason, you still need somebody to light the fire into your ass. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll be that person. But don't come to me for empathy. Don't come for me for a pat on the back or a fucking attaboy because you're not going to get it from yep. me. What you're going to get from me is there are kids involved and there's a woman's heart involved and there's your freaking your position in this world involved. And if you don't step up and become the leader, father and mentor that you're supposed to be, you can't develop the relationship with your wife that is freaking unbreakable. And as a team that will last freaking generations and you can't develop a relationship with your kids so that like for me, when your daughter gets married at 21, you walk her down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Period. 100%. Love it. Awesome. Great uh, stuff, brother. Great stuff. Great. Sure. Thanks, man. I love it. I love the fire, <laughs> man. That's good. <laughs> I'm like kind of bummed we're going to end this. <laughs> <laughs> right? For sure. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, we're, uh, anyways, let's get to that. I forgot which, uh, my, my, I'm like, dang, quick hit, let's five keep going. Quick, there we go. Quick hit. Five. Man, Franco, you've done it like three times to me today. Like usually I'm like, okay, let's move into this section. Or I got the, I'm just like, my brain is just keep going. I'm like, all right. Yeah, it's only, and the only you do this because A, first and foremost, let's talk about your show for a second. Your show is, is a wake up call for men as well. This is a, this is a, this is a, this is a place that is safe. This is a place where they don't, they're not judged, but more important, they're, they're built up for a lot of people in their life. You know, as men, it's so hard to like take care of our families and and the pressures of being a good father and being a good husband and letting go of our old vices and and not being addicted to the things we were addicted to and then family members outside of that and 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 it's hard to be a leader. Not everyone yeah. can be a leader. And when you put yourself in a position as a speaker and as a podcast host and as in the programs that you put together, I don't think you understand how deep you're going. I think you, th- I mean, I, it's very easy to just look at what you do at a very, you know, at the, at the surface level, yep. when in reality, there are a lot of men who find you or are looking to do what you do and are scared yep. to join what you do or to, com- to, to make the uh, commitment to what you do. And it's not because they don't want to, because remember, like I tell this to a lot of men, if you actively are seeking ways to get better, congratulations, mm-hmm. you're probably not told that enough. Good fucking job. Like great job. But now you have to get past your own insecurities and you have to get past the the failures and that little person that sits in the back of your head that tells you, remember when you try to do this and mm-hmm. don't do that again. If you can do that and you can step into a brotherhood, like you call it, if you can step into a brotherhood where not only are you empowered, but you're also held accountable. That's big. Yeah. Because accountability is huge. Huge. So, well done, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. And and like I say, Thank we, you. we, that's, Yeah. Now, Jesus, that's just my fourth time now. Damn, Franco. <laughs> I love it. Listen, my wife's yeah. going to listen to this. I'm going to tell her, like, listen, Franco just told me, and then she's going to text Janae or something. And I'm like, you look, you got me speechless five times. She's like, are you serious? Like, how's that happen? <laughs> so let me, ask you, let me ask you guys yeah, both a question. I'm going to ask you both a question. When was the last time um, that somebody said, like, you're doing a great job? Uh, not not as being a, a hoster maybe giving advice, but just, just doing a great job. Maybe the thing that you did means nothing to you, mm-hmm. but to them, it means everything. And that's, that's, that's where we find a lot of these men, whether they're mm-hmm. stepdads or just men in general, yep. we don't get praised enough for our accomplishments and we always get judged for our effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're, we're putting in the effort, but it's, you can only put in effort so long 
And if you don't get that air pushed into you, if you don't get that good job or you're doing great or you're amazing type stuff, your love language, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's hard to keep going. hundred percent. It really 100%. is. For sure. Yep. So. Awesome, man. And yes, yeah, so we invite any guys that are listening to this and, and one, reach out to Franco, uh, get that no BS at time the wake up got. call wake up call get that wake up call but also you know the brotherhood is that place for you can come and you have your brothers and i can say those guys are my family you know we get off every single call and we're like dude i love you you know i said it to you uh earlier today that i was talking to one of, one of the brotherhood members and i'm like we got off the phone i'm like all right love you brother and she's like you say that all the time i was like absolutely and you know that's my oldest daughter and uh i'm like 100 and she's like oh okay I was like, yeah, I, I do like, that. I, I, I do that with my military friends all the time. I'm always telling them I love them. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I do. Yeah. What's one thing I show my son and I show my kids? I don't hold back my emotions. Yeah. At all. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Awesome. Let's get into quick hit Q and A. You got nope. five seconds, ten questions. John, you want to go first? Sure. What's your favorite animal? Dog. What kind of dog? Well, I've got a. I had a labradoodle, but now I've got a mini doodle because my. Because the kids wanted a smaller dog. <laughs> the doodles are good. I love nice. doodles. Yeah. Well, work or play? Play all day. <laughs> What's your favorite word? Uh, facetious. Damn. Nice. Okay. Facetious. <laughs> That's facetious. No. <laughs> uh, top book recommendation for our listeners? Um, YouTube Secrets. That's a great book. If you've never read it before, I highly recommend it, especially if you're trying to build your, your business on online. Great. Nice. Book. Awesome. Awesome. And also make sure you jump, get those five love languages too. Yeah, for sure. Um, who's your hero? My dad. Nice. What's your deepest fear? I don't have many fears, brother. I used to, I don't have many fears. I'd like to say that it was death, but it's not that anymore. I used to be mm -hmm. jumping out of airplanes that that got crossed out. You know what? Actually my, my deepest fear would be for one of my kids to not come home one night. Mm -hmm. That would be my deepest fear. I get that, man. Oof. Yeah. Here you on that. If you could go back in time to change any part of your life, would you? It's not a thing. You kidding me? <laughs> not what, one single thing. What do you wish you would have learned sooner, though? Um, empathy. Yeah. Mm. Do you prefer the soft cloud version or the sword version of the truth? Sword always soft clouds for pussies. <laughs> I love it. That's why I, I knew you were gonna say because I wake up call. He's one of my sword kidding me? I had to ask if, the question. I already knew the answer. If you want a hug, go to a yoga class. I'm not thinking <laughs> uh, I love it. Last question. Last question. What's your biggest strength? Um, listening. My ability that, to listen to others. Was that always your biggest strength? No, no, not at all. And it takes practice. It takes a lot of practice. It took it took a lot of practice, and it took a lot of swallowing my pride. Yes, nice. get nice. that hundred percent. So, Frank, Frank, go ahead, John. Where where can our listeners find you at, brother? All right, so I have uh, the Professional Stepdad podcast. Um, it's on all the platforms: SoundCloud, um, Spotify, iTunes, and then you can go to YouTube with the Professional Stepdad Show. Um, my website is theprofessionalstepdad.com, but I'm currently working with a company. We're getting ready to put all the content on it and the, the ability for individuals to, to uh, set up a, a wake-up call with me and um, 
for now, though, if you wanted to contact me, if you wanted to reach out or ask questions, I love making episodes for stepdads or gentlemen, period, who have questions about life. And I, I like to make episodes about them. You can just con- uh, send an email at contact at the professional stepdad.com. Nice. And then also, again, one more time, Lift Me Up was your movie? Yeah, Lift Me Up's the movie. You can find it on platforms like iTunes and 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 you know, like all the ones that you could rent them on. I mean, you, it was on it was on Netflix for two years, and after our two year uh, contract, it was out. But the movie is a movie I wrote for my second oldest daughter when she told me that I wasn't her real dad, and I wrote a movie about a man that got out of the military that fell in love with her be- his best friend that has a daughter who's a dancer. But in this scenario, the mom died, so now the stepdad and the daughter had to learn to become one. Gotcha. Mm. Powerful. It's a pretty cool trailer. It's a pretty cool trailer. I'll send you guys it. Yeah, definitely. Let us know and uh, we'll get all those links out. So Franco, appreciate it, man. Guys, I know you got a ton of crap out of this one and uh, a lot of good lessons, a lot of good tools, a lot of good stuff to be able to go uh, out and be that best badass step that you in that's on purpose on fire so i just tell you go go wake up every single day step across that line leave it all in the field and what i need you to do is go share this with one other person go pay this message forward to one other person and that's going to put the ripples out uh in the life in the world and uh man what a freaking great episode franco so appreciate yeah. it man thank you guys Absolutely, appreciate man. it both of you appreciate both right. of you. thank you very much we will see you guys next week have a great one guys Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Listen, if you know a stepdad who is in need of any of this information, do me a favor right now. Hit that subscribe button and share this episode with them as fast as possible. Did you do it? You, okay, you did it. Quiet on the set, please. Thank you, everybody.